Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. And welcome to the Land of Boz for a Monday, November 14th, 2022. I'm getting on pattern, and this episode is going to be juicy and entertaining and good, I hope. (laughs) All right, so let's move forward. Get into it with Today in History. All right, so today in history, November 14th, a Monday to all of us right now. (laughs) That's good. That's good radio. I apologize. November 14th, 1969, Apollo 12, the second successful manned mission to the moon is launched. Pete Conrad and Alan Bean became the third and fourth men to walk on the moon. Sadly, who remembers them? It's very interesting how history works. And continuing on, the first U.S. general killed during the Vietnam War by enemy fire. Major General Bruno Arthur Hochmuth is killed when the helicopter he was riding in is gunned down over Hugh, uh, I'm going to say that wrong, uh, Hugh, Vietnam. Scrolling along, wow, this is, this is messed up, especially in this, if you think about the timeline. Today, November 14th, 1960, New Orleans school integration and if you know New Orleans, it's not as, uh, to put it simply, as white as some other parts of the world, like, you know, Idaho. So the first day of a court-ordered school integration in New Orleans, six-year-old Ruby Bridges attends an all-white school in New Orleans, Louisiana. Many whites pulled their children from the school, and all but one teacher refused to teach her. This event was the subject of a Norman Rockwell painting. 1960. That's not that long ago. It's so messed up. Look, yeah, I don't know. I could get on a soapbox. We all have our beliefs. We all have our, um, obviously, I'm very passionate about a handful of things, but come on, man. We're humans. That's a human. I'm a human. Stupid. Ah, one of my favorite things. I'm very, I'm intimately familiar with this thing. The AK-47, November 14th, 1947. The initial development of the AK-47 assault rifle is completed. It was created by Russian firearms designer, Mikhail Kalishnikov, who named it the AK-47, Avmatomat Kalishnikova, 1947. Kalishnikov based his design on the features of the American M1 and the German STG-44. It's estimated that one out of every five firearms in the world is an AK-47 or closely related weapon. I will attest to that. These tanks are everywhere. And for as flunky and uh, clunky and it seems like they're missing bolts and they're going to fall apart, those sons of bitches can, you can bury them in sand and shoot them again later, which is uh, why a lot of the people carry them. Uh, I've used them and they are what they are. I still will never understand the, um, the bolt being where it's placed, but it is what it is. Uh, let's keep scrolling, keep scrolling. November 14th, 1889, New York World Reporter Nellie Bly set sail from New York in an effort to beat Falaise Fogs from Jules Verne's novel. Time of 80 days for a 24,899-mile trip around the world. When she first proposed the idea to her editor, she told her only a man could make such a trip. Good for her. She replied, very well. 
Start the man, and I'll start the same day for another newspaper and beat him. Her editor conceded, and off she went. Reports of her travels captivated the world, and she made it with eight days to spare. Go, girl. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Again, 1976, November 14th. Jimmy Carter's church drops the ban on, as it says here, blacks. The Plains Baptist Church of Georgia drops its 11-year-old ban on attendees by blacks. Jimmy Carter had been opposed to the ban. Like, really? Yes, we have differences, but that one, it just baffles me. <sighs> Let's look for some happy stuff. Blah. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know I love my art. I would put Van Gogh as number one, Monet maybe around two and three. Today, Claude Monet, born November 14, 1840, French Impressionist painter known of his landscapes using bright, unmixed colors. In 1923, he had, I didn't know this, he had cataract surgery to restore his eyesight. The paintings done before surgery had a reddish tone, which is characteristic of the vision of cataract victims. After surgery, his paintings had a bluer tone. Fascinating. And that was Today in History. And now for my little bit of an attempt at being a little bit more Buddhist or Hindu or just more in touch with happy hippie feelings. Uh, let's go with a little bit of Jeff's journal. All right, and for those of you who don't know, Jeff's journal, it's um, a surgeon I'd worked with. He had prompted me to try to find a little bit of inner happiness. Uh, for those of you who know me, I'm going 24 seven and at an 11 constantly, and that comes at a pretty significant cost. You know what? Uh, hold that thought. I need to go get something. It's the hold music. Hold music. <laughs> I love that hold music. Uh, anyway, I didn't have my journal in the office with me. So anyway, the surgeon, he kind of, he was a kindred spirit as far as like a hard worker, but he had kind of got a little bit more in touch with his inner I was joke, inner hippie, and I don't mean that actually demeaning. I actually mean it as something I strive for, um, is trying to find that balance. So anyway, I started following his advice, and I more or less can do that. I've more or less done this daily for years now. I've taken some time off here and there when I've been a little bit stubborn and pissed about it, kind of not working for me, because at one extreme I go, well, we spend all this time reading self-help books and doing all this self-help stuff that we spend 80% of our existence doing self-help stuff, taking away from the very life that we're trying to help with self-help stuff. So I kind of have this weird relationship with all this crap. But anyway, so my daily uh, journal is, involves uh, gratitude, declaration, and action. And all it, it's nothing deep, it's nothing crazy, it's maybe a sentence or two on each things and gratitude, declaration, action. Declaration, I switched the word because a lot of people say manifest. That drives me insane. So declare seems more, obviously, declarative, solid, strong. So my last one, uh, I was grateful for, and these are pretty much, unless there's something very crazy uh, secret, um, I pretty much read these as written. And today is one of those ones as written. Uh, gratitude, the, my last entry, uh, I am grateful for Betty and I's ability to have diverse conversations. Um, not to get into it, but uh, I've found a person I can have dumb, silly, serious, controversial, passionate, 
silly and everything in between conversations with. And so I wanted to write down, I was grateful for that. And I write these down on a remarkable tablet. So they will be forever synced in the cloud and forever journaled. And I will not have to like keep track of actual notebooks like the opening of seven. If you get that joke, good for you. We're nerds together. Declaration on that day, I wrote, I am diet disciplined. Um, the little bit of hippie stuff I agree with is that you write it definitively. And it's funny because your declarations are almost indicative of what you're not doing well. And I've been really, excuse my language, fucking up on my diet lately. So I wrote, I am diet disciplined, which obviously implies I have not been. So by saying it that way, it, it creates a positive attitude. One thing I was found fascinating, I did, I'll admit, I read The Secret. One thing I did find fascinating about it is using negative comments in this affirmative or manifesting or declarative statements. Like if you say, I am not unhappy or I'm not um, lazy. It's a very interesting thing. And I, kind of, there's, I don't know if there's proof, but having that your brain doesn't hear the not, this is the very short version. So essentially you're saying, I am lazy. So by saying it simply and affirm, affirmatively and positively, by so what's the opposite of lazy? A hard worker. So you would say to yourself or you would write down or affirm in your brain, however you choose to do it, I am a hard worker. That is better than saying I am not lazy. Because you've said the word lazy, so now it's in your, it's in your mental head, it's in your headspace as far as what's going on in your brain. So by saying I am a hard worker, the word lazy isn't even in there. So if you're just, even if you're one of those people that needs to say this on loop, I am a hard worker, I am a hard worker, I am a hard worker. None of that is negative. But if you were to say, I am not lazy, I am not lazy, I am not lazy, the word I and not kind of are throwaways. But if the word lazy, why would you want to keep saying the word lazy in your head on a cycle? So I kind of agree with that a little bit of hippie, the secret, whoever, uh, Rhonda Byrne, as far as that. And the action, I'll be God danged, was podcast. Here we are. So I've, I've nailed all three of those today. So yeah, that was <laughs> Jeff's journal. And moving on to a little bit of, okay, yeah, Jeff moved to Nebraska. So what the hell is he doing? Uh, here is a little bit of, if you know this jingle, good for you. But it's kind of, where in the world is Jeff? Hollywood is Jeff Bosley. First off, if you didn't giggle at that, uh, we can't be friends because that was bordering on genius. Um, so yeah, where, actually, one thing I forgot to do at the very beginning, and I got to insert it here like some weird uh, morning zoo crew on K-Rock in LA as you listen to the crazy DJs uh, doing traffic reports. It's Monday. Dude, Mondays is just terrible. I hate Mondays. I really hate Mondays. All right, back to work. Mondays is, is terrible, drunk guy. Um, so what am I doing? So people have some perspective. If you haven't picked up on it, I've been a little bit more of a F off Hollywood, not as much as a dismissal or a quitting of it, but more of a what's going to matter on my deathbed. And so, um, you know, that was a big part of me moving, moving to Nebraska. And because of technology, I don't necessarily have to be in Los Angeles. I don't have to be in Atlanta. So I'm finding that, God forbid, balance between happiness and 
geography. <laughs> and uh, with with that, I still have an Atlanta agent. I have a, an, a, Los, a Los Angeles agent, and I have an international manager. I'm actually about ready to sign on f- with an Omaha agent also. So uh, for perspective, I just, I hate the word I. For those of you who have read Dale Carnegie's uh, how to win fl- win friends and influence people. One of his big tips I, in one of the chapters is how many times do you hear yourself say the word I? If you hear it a lot, you're wrong. But in this case, sorry. But what am I doing? Uh, I can st- I'm can. still auditioning for major roles, thank God. And huge shout out to my uh, talent, ag- my, man- or my agent in Atlanta, Jay Purvis, and uh, my agent in Los Angeles, Joy Luker, and my manager, uh, Victoria Monroe. They are getting me major auditions for major roles on major TV shows and major movies. So, and that's irrelevant, irrespective, if that's a word you want to hear. That's a very, that's a word thrown around a lot by people that want to sound smart. So I want to sound smart today. So irrespective of my location, I've been able to audition for very major roles, which is awesome. Uh, still not nailing them, but uh, from what I understand, when I get feedback from casting directors and agents and my manager from and that she gets them from those people, I'm doing very well. It's just I'm not fit for the role, uh, and that's that. Uh, Beyond that, speculating, uh, I mean, again, I'm a giant, so to play the weak everyman is just physically inherently difficult, especially as a noob. They're not going to put everybody on Apple boxes to make them look taller than me. So I will just take the feedback that I've received, which is that I'm good at what I do. I'm just not right for the role. That's better than saying, hey, you suck and you're not right for the role. So that's what's going on in Hollywood. Um, I did a voiceover or a audiobook um, without getting into it because just to be professionally confident or uh, professionally confidential, um, it didn't go the way I wanted, but the authors and the uh, publisher and the public, yeah, the publisher and the, the, the um, I don't know what you call it. I don't want to say the clearinghouse. Yeah, I would just say the publisher. They got back to me and said, hey, we still really want to work with you. We're going to work some stuff out, and it's going to lead to future audiobook stuff, which I really love, and I will do better at if you're listening. Um, And so I've been doing that. Uh, Scott and I's film, Noon, uh, our trailer is going to be, it's released actually as of now, and that's going to be huge. It's a beautiful film. I I'm very I'm so far removed from it as a fan that when I see the trailer or when I've actually watched the yet to be released film, I cry. Like it is it is beautiful. Scott wrote an amazing script, and the guy who happens to play Jonas, who happens to be played by uh, an actor named Jeff Bosley, and uh, all the other cast um, and the crew themselves, obviously, they made this film just heart-wrenchingly beautiful so I can't wait for everybody to see that so that's the short version of kind of what I'm still doing Uh, I'm prioritizing my happiness and my health mental spiritually and physically here in Nebraska with Betty but I'm still accepting Hollywood because it's still you know whether love it or hate it it's a childhood dream of mine is to make movies and I excuse the language but it's very impactfully important I fucking love acting. I love making movies. I love performing every school, every indie film, every major film I've done. It's just, I love it. Uh, it's just getting the jobs and putting food on the table with those jobs. So finding that balance, but that's the shortish version of 
What I'm Doing in Hollywood. And moving on. I don't really have a name for this segment, but I'm just going to maybe call it, I don't know, paying attention. Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. And what are we going to cover today on paying attention? This is juicy, I guess. I don't know. Some people wanted to know, and I am tired of dancing around it, and they can go kiss my ass. But a, a, um, I think a pretty objective and subjective at the tail end uh, ex- explanation of what happened at Heroes and Horses. So for those who don't know, Heroes and Horses is a nonprofit organization that brings uh, traumatized or whatever vets to a ranch in Montana to counsel them and have them hug and feel good. And, and the understanding, obviously anybody who knows me knows I completely believe in equine therapy, horse therapy, because horses are basically like giant dogs, but they don't put up with any bullshit. If you're in a bad mood and you cannot get a bridle on them, they will not let you. So you have to kind of be very in tune to your emotional state. So it's a beautiful combination. On paper, it sounds amazing. And on paper, I was very fascinated and really, really, really wanted to go. Um, I don't have, I don't know, I want to say, I I, I thought I was a candidate. I felt I was a candidate enough to apply. Um, I didn't make any of the three cuts um, of their classes this year. So I had kind of given up on it as far as this year's applications. But yeah, so they are a pseudo-like, Huggy, let's let's figure out um, how to, um, I don't know, and I'm saying all this pretty objectively at this point, you know, uh, address your demons, um, be with like-minded men, and kind of come to Jesus moments with your mind, body, and spirit via various modalities, whether that be ice baths, saunas, uh, minor exercises, the horse therapy, and just kind of bonding and talking it out. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Um, but, and I will say now, it is that. However, if you've spent one, two, five, ten years already trying to do that stuff yourself, working on yourself, searching for like those answers to make yourself better, to deal with things, it isn't that rocket science, life-changing E, uh, to make it an adverb. If you've never done anything to work on yourself, it's amazing. And it has worked for 99% of the people that have gone there. So I will not take that from them. Um, so if it's, if you're new to self, uh, care or self-evaluation or dealing with your shit, uh, via various modalities, whether it be just like powwows in a circle with fellow brothers or whether it be, Wim Hof ice bath bullshit. Cool. Some that for a lot of people that works because they've never tried anything. However, now here's where it's, I try to be sub or it is subjective. Me and the ingredient in the equation, I've been doing this, that stuff I've been searching and longing and trying to figure that stuff out for myself for a long time. So when I got there, it wasn't my jam. It was stuff I'd already tried. It was, Hey, let's sit down and listen to an app of Wim Hof telling us how to breathe and doing a bunch of stuff I've already tried before that didn't work. And that's just me. I wasn't, I really genuinely tried not to take away from the people it was working for. But at the same time, I was there to 
not be filtered, not be uh, restrained for like going, hey, this stuff infuriates me. This isn't working for me. It, it you know, it, it's just not my thing. Because I'm there, uh, for lack of, to keep it simple, traumatized vets are there, so why would I not in, uh, be honest with myself as, as to who I am and who I was there? Why would I filter myself and restrain? So I was uh, probably not the best student, if you will. Um, I was very candid. I was, uh, I was kind of a troublemaker, not a troublemaker per se, but I was definitely not like plugging in or drinking the Kool-Aid because I had questions. I wanted to know why. I wanted to, con- uh, things that weren't working for me, I had to ask. Uh, you know, they have this ice cold plunge thing, which is a huge social media trend, and I found it to be bullshit. It just pissed me off. It didn't, I didn't find my zen. I've done this long enough. I'm old enough. I've had enough things in my life to know. I was like, this doesn't work for me. It just pisses me off. Why are we doing this? And the answer was always because. And obviously, if you know me, that doesn't work. It worked for some people. And I do not massively asterisk here. Do not want to detract from that. Because it did work for some people. However, if you're old and uh, experienced and have tried everything... I need more than just because. I need more than it works for Wim Hof. I was even told at one point, hey, it's on Joe Rogan. I was like, oh shit, we're literally, that's your scientific argument is it was on Joe Rogan. Awesome. So I definitely, I will admit up front, I wasn't the best student per se. I wouldn't say I wasn't the best student. I wasn't like some combative a-hole, but I definitely wasn't just like drinking the Kool-Aid and rolling over and going, oh my God. You are the Messiah. You are the Jim Jones and and life changing uh, Buddha, and everybody. A lot of people were that way towards the founder. Again, to each their own. Uh, if you want to, if you want a, I say, if you want to go see a God Complex Navy SEAL run a program, and you've never done anything, this is the place to go, uh, and to feed that and get something out of it. And I fully believe he gets something out of it too. Uh, because basically everything he quoted for me uh, when I was like, Hey man, I need to take this off. I need to take this day off this. I need to not do this today. I, I basically was regurgitated every meme, every Buddhist thing, every stoic thing I'd ever read as if it was life-changingly new. And I was like, Nope, heard that before, bro. Don't need to hear it again. And nor am I going to give you the benefit of the, I'm no, nor am I going to give you the credit for hitting me with this amazing, awe-inspiring meme that I've already read for the last 10 years. So a lot of stuff didn't work for me. But the horse stuff, I will say, was amazing. It was absolutely important to me. For me, that was the thing. I would go through hell in the morning with all the stuff I disagreed with and wasn't getting anything out of. The bullshit at the end of the day, great. But if if the stuff in between with horses, that was priceless. Um... I guess this is almost turning into a review, like a Google review. But I'm looking at my notes. So, in the evenings, the little powwow therapy sessions, which I assumed they would have like professionals there. Nope. The evening powwow sessions were ran by the previous class leader. Another traumatized vet. Not knocking it, but also probably not the most uh, licensed or... (laughs) or credentialed person to be running this thing with a bunch of traumatized vets. So whatever, I took it for what it's worth. Some nights I didn't share because I was like, no, this isn't working for me. And again, I was very crucified and very berated. 
So it is what it is. Um, bullet points. I'm looking at my notes. This is a very cleansing program, I will admit. However, no medical screening. More than one vet told me, and this is not myself, more than one vet told me they quit a lot of their meds, particularly antidepressant meds, cold turkey before they came, which if any of you, anybody knows anything about pharmacology, quitting antidepressants cold turkey is the worst thing possible when it comes to pharmacology and antidepressants. That will actually can lead to suicide. Did H&H vet that, check into that, uh, anti or like combat that saying, hey, you shouldn't do that? Nope, not one medical uh, part of it was addressed. It baffles me that these people, these a handful of these vets, which are all great dudes, by the way, huge disclaimer, all great dudes. Everyone I worked with there, great dudes. No harm, no foul, no angst, no uh, ill will towards any of them. I'm in awe they got out of it what they did, and I'm happy for them and proud of them, and that they got the they got what they needed out of it, and then I commend them, and I'm in awe of them, and I'm proud of them. However, so many of them to have quit substantially important drugs without any sort of medical support or any sort of tapering and H&H doesn't like address this. This is going to backfire someday. Mark my words. Um, so massive amounts of vets just quitting extremely important medication just because, um, (laughs) the, uh, organization is proud and almost brags about the deaths of horses on this big um, pilgrimage thing they do at the end of the, the four weeks. It's this huge packing trip, which don't get me wrong, I've earned my I can live and suck tab with my special forces stuff. I can be miserable, cold, wet, and tired, great. I didn't need that again. However, this pack trip is, is definitely a, a, a gut check. I left before that, we'll get to that in a minute. But, they, the amount of times I heard the Cowboys and various uh, volunteers brag about horses having died on this packing trip baffle me. Uh, how they were retelling stories of prior students breaking femurs that poked out of their thighs, bragging about it like it was some cool, um, I don't know, proof of manhood or something they needed. Uh, baffled me. They were so proud of those injuries. Like he sucked it up and went through it. I'm like, we're at a feel good, touchy feely vet program. People probably shouldn't be breaking their femurs, nor should you guys be proud of that. That should actually be something that is addressed for the next class. So it doesn't happen again. Lo and behold, Jeff Bosley got injured and I know multiple horses died on their pack trip. Uh, Looking at my notes. Yes, so bring that brings me to Jeff was putting up some pissy, fighty stuff. So here's the ingredients, and I will say this objectively. You read into it as you will. Putting up some fights, saying I wouldn't do these things. Uh, a couple days in a row, finally one day, founders requested that I switch horses. And my horse and I, the first horse I was assigned, we got along swimmingly. This was a perfect marriage. Uh, but suddenly I was assigned right before a cattle drive, a major cattle drive, a new horse. Just fine. I welcome a challenge. However, they bragged that this horse has never been ridden, nor has it ever been ridden on a cattle drive. 
And it was a prior bucking horse in a rodeo. So if anybody knows horses, this is not a good idea. I welcomed it, but they were very proud of this fact. They're like, never been ridden. You're the first. Yada, yada, yada. And as a type A male, I was like, bring it, you bastards. I got this. And for anybody who knows, how did that end? Well, that horse bucked. I got jerked the hell off. And it's a giant tall horse because I'm a giant tall guy. I loved this horse. Don't get me wrong. I would, if this horse was given to me, I'd find a way to take it and bring it home. Um, but it tore my hamstring and led to a two hour ride to an emergency room, pissing blood because it damaged my kidneys and, uh, re added additional tears in my already torn rotator cuff. But of course they're very proud that that horse has never been ridden and they gave a, a experienced yet student rider this horse that should not be ridden on a on a cattle drive coincidentally after i was putting up a stink again conspiracy theory if you will i don't know nor do i care but it's kind of hard not to read into the only guy that was putting up a stink not drinking the kool-aid was assigned a bucking horse and was massively injured so uh when i asked about hey uh Anybody who knows me also knows I have a huge background in medicine, huge background in physical fitness. And after being released from the emergency room, I said, guys, I can't do this anymore. My, I, I, I can barely walk. And like, well, you're toughing it out pretty well. And I'm like, well, you know who, who I am and what I've done. My, when people say your pain scale, my 10 or my five is probably, and I'm not being cocky here, but my five is probably most people's 10. I've spent my entire life and careers with broken backs and knee surgeries completely changing my pain scale. But I told them, and I was pulled aside by Mr. Boss and his little sidekick right-hand man uh, that I was over-exaggerating, I was looking for reasons to leave, and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure something is massively wrong. And like, well, we had a guy that broke his leg in the past, and he rode on the, uh, the pack trip with a broken leg on a cast. I was like, well, cool, broken bone is way different than a soft tissue injury. I've done a lot with broken bones. So the very fact they berated me, belittled me, and and questioned my torn hamstring and said I should stay there and tough it out speaks volumes. Moving on to my notes. Uh, yeah, so how did it end? I said, I'm out. This isn't worth it. I, this is a feel-good, make-me-better-person trip. This isn't a, I'm not here fighting terrorists, protecting my loved ones from bad guys. This is a, at the end of the day, a dude ranch on steroids. My torn hamstring, my safety and my health aren't worth it. And how did that end? Well, we are about two hours away from their main office. And they said they like, they hugged me again. For those of you who know, also, I say that a lot, not only actor Jeff, but I was very good at my job just for simplicity's sake, for those of you who are special forces, you know I'm kind of over-exaggerating, but just for the simplicity's sake for civilians out there, I was basically on a spy team. And I'm an actor. And I'm really good at psyops. So I played along and could just suck in as much intel as I wanted from these sons of bitches. And I got it all. They put up a great show that I made them think I was very, I was buying and I was all for, and I was like, oh my God, they care. And then I said, uh, I couldn't stay any longer at this higher camp where all the other students were because I couldn't walk. 
So I set up camp at the, our main like uh, building where like Chow was. And they were all for that. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to get my plane tickets. I'm out of here. And they're all for that. They're all supportive. The class leader was all supportive. The student who was basically in charge of group therapy at night, he was all supportive. And Mr. Huggy, uh, Mr. Founder of the camp, he was Mr. Huggy. His right-hand man was all Mr. Huggy. We're here for you, bro. And then about 30 minutes later, suddenly it was more practical, get this, to have a volunteer who was staying at the ranch several, like I want to say maybe two hours away from the airport. It was more practical for him to drive me to their office that was near the airport, drop me off for the night, and then come back the next morning and take me to the airport five minutes away from their office versus just take me the next day before my flight. Anybody who knows anything about um, controlling a narrative, any secret squirrel CIA gray man stuff when you really want to control uh, when you're interrogating anybody or if you want to compare stories, you immediately remove the person who is putting up a stink, i.e. me. So they had me pack my shit, drove me a couple hours to their main office a couple, out, couple minutes away from the airport the night before my flight. Dumped me off in their parking lot, took off. They said, hey, you can stay in the main office. Great. I went to pull on the doors. All doors are locked. Nobody's in the office, which is not something you don't know. So basically, I was dropped off in a parking lot with 140 pounds worth of gear and bags and all that crap with a torn hamstring. At that point, I was very actually concerned for my safety. They said somebody will come to get you, which at this point, I don't trust anybody. If knowing what I know from deployments, if a Green Beret, a Navy SEAL or a CIA agent says, hey, we're going to take you to this unknown location where you have nowhere to go and somebody's going to come get you, that is red flag times 10. So I Ubered the fuck out of there to a hotel that they didn't know about and then took care of myself from there on out. And believe it or not, they've since ghosted me. I texted them. I was still being polite and saying, hey, thank you for your time. Here's the doctor's notes from my uh, X, Y, and Z. I need you guys to know it was a genuine tear and I wasn't just over-exaggerating to get out of camp. No reply. I did, however, get a reply or a email from their uh, admin people. Uh, long story short, side note, I broke my back. And I'm six and a half feet tall with multiple knee surgeries. So when they flew me out there, I said, hey, can we discuss trying to find a way to get me some sort of space, whether it be an exit row or whatever. They threw me into uh, first class. I was like, awesome, great. Fast forward to the day uh, I'm waiting for anybody to reply to me. Nobody answers me. Nobody's answering my texts. Nobody's answering my phone calls. Uh, I get an email from the office saying, we need you to reimburse us for those first class tickets. I was like, oh, really? That's awesome. So you abandoned me in a parking lot. And now you want your money back for the first class tickets. And I replied it, uh, saying those things. No reply since. Been blocked on social media. Uh, actions speak louder than words. Guilty parties tend to expose themselves in such a way. So for being Mr. Hug at the end of the day, right before I get excommunicated to a, an abandoned parking lot, it's kind of hard to not read into... Right after those hugs, we're here for you, bro. We love you. Radio silence. Drop you off at a parking lot. 
never answer text, phone mail, phone calls, emails, and also black and also block you from all social media. And not just my social media. They blocked anything, movies, movie accounts I have, movie accounts I'm part of. Like they did not mess around. So actions speak louder than words. It's hard not to go. They know they effed up. Fast forward a little bit more. Hospital bills, hospital bills, hospital bills. Um, those are awesome. And they have no liability. You sign no you, I, I can't get any of the paperwork I asked for to find out, hey, maybe I signed something that says they're in charge or at fault. Maybe I'm not. Maybe they are. They won't give me anything. So I don't know about you, but if I roll, if anybody rolls their ankle at my house, they can technically sue me and I'm at fault for them rolling their ankle on my property. I got thrown from their horse that was not fit to be a cattle drive horse on their property, on their clock, so to speak. Radio silence, emergency room bills, radiology bills, laboratory bills. Tricare is obviously fighting me because they're like, well, wait, this is at somebody else's place. We don't want to pay for it. Make them pay for it. And as you know, no answers. So how to sum that up? I am amazed and happy for the people it's worked for 99.9% of the time. And I don't think I'm any better than them or any worse than them. But however, it's hard to not read into the fact the first person that puts up a stink that's older, has had a lot of experience, trials and errors with bettering oneself, asked questions, brought up issues, is also the first person to get, I mean, this is like CIA secret squirrel off them from the planet, keeping them, like I couldn't even say bye to everybody. Like I didn't even get to say bye. So they just straight up, that's like, Control the narrative 101. They completely separated me from my friends, my teammates. I am just gone. None of them respond to me on other messages. And they're just controlling the narrative. And the founder, it's again, it's a quote-unquote nonprofit. But I think he gets high six figures with his quote-unquote nonprofit. So it all goes back to every veterans organization that's nonprofit. It still sadly goes back to money. And it's really hard not to be jaded that a... A God complex Navy SEAL runs the program and the Green Bray that puts up a a butts heads with him and dares challenge him. Next thing you know, he's coincidentally thrown on a very injurious horse off into a parking lot that's abandoned with no transportation while injured and is never heard from again. So again, 99.9% of the people that have gone have got something out of it. And I am, I, I genuinely, I'm not just saying this to be polite, I'm so ecstatic for them, uh, for the people that needed it, uh, for the people that need more or had questions or it wasn't working for, like me, it will never be that way. Uh, somebody will die at this ranch at some point, I promise you, with the amount of ignorance and uh, things they don't have in place, it's only a matter of time. The amount of medical uh, ignorance as far as just letting people quit massive medicines, uh, people that have massive, massive pre-existing injuries and conditions, that the things they put them through, and the sheer amount of tough-it-out ignorance. Like I had the two cowboys there. They played me. I will give them credit. They played me and tapped into my man-up, tough-up thing. I was like, you little 
excuse my language, you little fuck. You're half my age. I've done twice as much as you with my body and my life. Don't tap into this alpha prove yourself man card bull crap. I don't need to prove myself at Heroes and Horses Ranch that I can take a horse across somewhere and watch a horse die and do it with a torn hamstring to prove my worth. That's not why I'm here. I don't need to be tested. So those little cowboys that did that, yay, good for them, whatever. <laughs> so that's what happened at H&H. I have my uh, subjective Giant waste of time, sketchy cult run by a Navy SEAL that's just out to get money, and literally volunteers and prior students treat him like a god, like a cult. Drink my Kool-Aid, let's go to some planet. If you drink this, you're going to have nine lives. God, like the, it's just baffling what they do to him. So cool, great. Objectively. The people that still communicate with me, I watch them. We have a group thread on WhatsApp. I watch them and they did get something out of it and it's nothing but healthy. They were given whatever they needed, which was motivation or health or diet or just generic motivation that helped them with their life, their habits, their lifestyles, their, their just everything. So objectively, that stuff is astonishing and I'm genuinely happy for those guys. Genuinely. But if you don't plug, again, I'm not, I'm going to give myself the fault where fault lies as far as my responsibility. I'm not going to say I'm like blameless as far as my attitude. I definitely put up a fight and I had a lot of questions, but they weren't welcomed with like, Hey, let's sit down and discuss. They were welcomed with you're wrong. Quit questioning the system. I.e. that's how a cult works. And don't talk to us about this stuff. You're ruining it. That's not a collaborative setup. That's a cult, in my opinion. So, whew, that was long. But a lot of people have asked, and I'm sick and tired of dancing around it. No lawyer would touch it for whatever reason. And I don't care at this point. So, life goes on. That's my experience at Heroes and Horses in Montana. All right, moving on. I know I start every segment with the words all right, but here we are. Let's talk a little bit of movies and nerd talk with, uh, well, nerd chat. Nerd! So, I want to review a movie I watched on Netflix called What Happened to Monday. It is a brilliant science fiction movie about cloning and weird dystopian futures, utopian, depending on how you look at it. So I will play, which is horrible radio, to I will play the trailer for Netflix's, well, I don't know if it's, it might actually be a Netflix studio. But either way, it's on Netflix. Here is the trailer for What Happened to Monday. For three decades, the Child Allocation Bureau has combated catastrophic overpopulation. This sibling will be processed under authority of the Child Allocation Act. To build a sustainable future full of hope and possibility. How do you plan on hiding this? Starting tomorrow, you will each get to go outside on the day of the week that is your name. Sunday, we'll get to go outside on Sunday, Monday on Monday, Tuesday on Tuesday, and so on. You will all 
take on the singular identity of Karen Setman. Karen, do you have any siblings? No. Seven siblings surviving to adulthood? It would destroy my credibility. Miss Setman, step into the van, please. Monday's not showing up on the grid. You gotta go out there. Where am I going? Run. The trash will soften the impact. It's empty. Sorry. What are you waiting for? Go get her! What happens to one of you? happens to you all. So, that was What Happened to Monday on Netflix. Now, why did I watch it? Well, I'm pretty much out of everything. <laughs> so, I needed something to watch. But my point of watching it, uh, or my point of reviewing it is twofold. Just to review the movie generically. But also, there's a huge, in my opinion, problem in Hollywood when it comes to female-led movies. Um, and I, I, I can't take total credit for this observation. A podcaster I listened to, his name's Ralph Garman, he made a comment, I believe it was after the female-led Ghostbusters. I could be completely bastardizing this, but as I remember it, he, he said something along the lines of, I would be offended or pissed if I was a female where they're like, well, let's just retool this original script and just plug females into it. And it was something along the lines of, how about you write a new script for a female-led cast or lead and let that stand on its own? I would, be, And I was like, I kind of get that. I would be pissed if I'm like, well, it's it's this the, the person, female or a minority, that's not strong enough. So we're just going to plug you into something that did work and we're just going to like let you like have secondhand success from that. And I've I've been fascinated by that since because, yeah, I thought of like the female led Ghostbusters. They're now I I saw something today even where they're going to use a female G uh not GI Jane uh <laughs> female um Indiana Jones. It's like hey, how about you just write something original, i.e. this film I'm reviewing, uh, what happened to or what happened to Monday, uh, Black Panther uh, for minority. Like, why don't you just write something new? And let it stand on its own merit versus just plugging into an already successful um, franchise, etc. So, again, tall white boy from Idaho, I know what I have and don't have. So, I say in defense of and in support of, as far as like a female-led film, this is a goddamn good movie. The script is amazing, and you don't watch it going, oh, this is a making a stance or a we're you know we're a we're a female cast loud and proud or a minority cast loud it was what it was and it was happened to be led by a strong female cast slash female lead had nothing to do with um you just didn't see uh gender or race it was just a goddamn good movie that happened to be led by females which is how it should be in my opinion it should be an amazing script that hap is is brought to life by whoever the cast or the lead or whatever it is. And to the credit of uh, minority castings or minority-led films, i.e. females or minority uh, as far as race, this film stands up big time. It's led by one female actress, but in the spirit of uh, Tati, 
Tatiana Maslov from Orphan Black. I'm saying her name wrong. I'm completely sure. Uh, but from Orphan Black, it's one actress playing several characters, seven actually, uh, i.e. Monday. It's a film, as you read in or heard in the trailer, it's a film about a group of sep- septuplets, whatever, seven of them, and they're each named after the day of the week. Willem Dafoe is amazing in this. He's so wonderful. And this one actress plays all of them. And it is a film that stands on its own, and it's not a here is a gender of this, here is a person of this gender playing this role. It's a film that has this woman playing this role, and she crushes it. And you're you're you lean in the entire film. You're you're curious about you worry about the character. You worry about all the things. Tons of surprises. Zero spoilers in this film or in this little chat I'm having here. But there's multiple times Betty and I were like, oh, okay, didn't see that happening. They're not messing around. And it's it's just one of those movies where there's it's a strong script. It's a strong script for females, and it is done as it should be equally it doesn't have a weakness to it because it's an 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 unoriginal script that is just recast with female roles in previously occupied male roles it stands on its own it's it's very timely as far as the world we live in when it comes to overpopulation your beliefs in uh child um or in like uh procreation who should have kids who shouldn't so on and so forth but go watch it. Netflix, uh, What Happened to Monday. The actress crushes it. She doesn't do each role in this weird, grandiose way. You you believe it's seven different actresses. And uh, just even technically speaking, how difficult that was to film. I just got to give her massive props. Because things have changed as far as since Orphan Black, where she was playing multiple characters all the time. This character, this actress interacted with herself as different characters in multiple scenes. So I'm sure they had stand-ins, or actually it depends on the actress. Maybe she didn't want to have a stand-in. Maybe she actually wanted to act to air. Who knows? But this film stood its ground. Uh, I actually can't think of one regret or one like critique, if you will, or one thing I'd want to see done different. Because again, I'm not an expert. I'm saying this as a fan. I watched this. I loved it. I loved the power and the strength of the women in it. I loved the power and the strength of the, it, like I said, it wasn't we're a woman-led movie or we're this movie. It was just, it was a movie. And it happened to be led and 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 fueled by this female actress in multiple roles. And um, that was that. It had a, it obviously had a voice and a stance and an opinion as far as like almost like a socio-political aspect, but it wasn't like this smash in your face, look at us, we made a movie and it happens to be by women, which is a sad state that we that there's a need a feel or a need a feel to need to do that. And this movie pulled it off. So if you have Netflix, go get it. Uh, what happened to Monday? It's an amazing movie. Willem Dafoe uh, he he can do no wrong, <laughs> and he's really beautiful in this. He's really a, a beautiful character in this film. Uh, this actress, she's been in a couple things, but it's nice to actually see, and I say this as an actor and as a fan, it's nice to see a new face. She's been in some stuff, don't get me wrong, but it's nice to see a new god dang face on, on the screen for the, fir- for the first time in a while, and uh, especially in this role where she's seven new faces, and she crushes it. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go in circles, basically. It's a good movie. It happens to be a movie led by fem- a female, uh, an actress. And it's not 
a statement by who was cast. It's a script and a story that was brought to life by an actress that brought to life the female role in the screenplay. And that's that. So go watch it. If you heard a weird sound, it's my chair squeaking. I don't have gas. <laughs> so go watch uh, What Happened to Monday on Netflix. Okay, that's rounding up near an hour. I'm going to go call it a day. I need to eat. Um, there were some longer segments than usual. Hopefully they were something you're entertained by. Um, I will get, as always, email fans at jeffbosley.com. DM me if you will. And I do my best to answer questions, create the show. Again, the show's for you. Yeah, I listen to it the next day to like kind of like watching game tape for like a football player. But the show's for y'all. So things you like, things you don't like, requests you have, questions you have that are on any of the topics I cover, it's for you. So please feel free to do that. Always check in. Always th- talk about things you love, things you don't like. Uh, I, it, it sounds so cheesy, but... It truly is for you. So if you don't like it, why would I do it? So please help me understand it. Help me remedy it. Help me make it better. And until then, uh, we are now on Spotify, um, Amazon Music, um, Google, good God, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere until they shut us down for things I supposedly shouldn't be playing. But until then, please share with your friends. Please rate, review. Um, you can use, I use on various posts, uh, my Venmo, my PayPal, uh, hell, even my Amazon shopping list. I use those as tip jars. If you feel, Hey, this guy puts, uh, I don't know at this point I put an hour of recording in, it's going to be maybe two or three more hours of post-production. You're like, Hey, this guy's put in four hours of the show. Let's throw him some tips. I, I, I genuinely welcome them and I don't take them, um, as an insult. If it's like two bucks, uh, I, I genuinely just welcome it. Podcasts are odd because they initially came out free for everybody. But if you really think about it, unless you're famous like Joe Rogan and don't actually have a need to profit from these, obviously he does because he has about 15 minutes worth of sponsored commercials at the beginning of his show, pretty much all by Yeti. But unless you're them, uh, people put in a lot of time into these things, Uh, particularly like one I always use Ralph Garman as an example, the Ralph Report a DJ from K-Rock who got fired and then ended up doing a a daily podcast, like a radio show basically, and he did it by subscriber only. And props to him. He does it an hour a day as far as the show, but it's at least six to eight hours worth of editing and and post-production and pre-production work. He should get paid for that time. And I'm not being a dick here, but if you really think about it, the entertainment industry, particularly podcasts, it's very interesting that there was this weird precedence like, how dare they charge me? It's like, if anybody asked, any of us to put two to eight hours of our time daily or even weekly to be like, uh, what's in it for me? I want to put some food on my table, but that wasn't being a dick. I'm just saying, Hey, I genuinely push appreciate the tip jar, so to speak. And that's that PayPal, that Venmo, or even that Amazon shopping list. Um, people do it all the time and I massively appreciate it. Those little gestures mean a lot. I do enjoy doing this. So I still do it highly disproportionately for what I get out of it as far as like just flat logistics, because it's fun as hell. I enjoy this stuff and it gives me a little bit of an outlet while I try to be creative be- while I'm waiting for like jobs where I have to ask them for permission to make them their movie or play their character. 
So this gives me a little bit of creative control as far as like giving something entertaining to the masses. And by masses, I mean like 24,000 subscribers. That's huge. So I think I'm done. Uh, I'm going to edit this and just say at the end of the day, I really appreciate this. I really appreciate all the subscriptions. I appreciate the forwarding or the reposting, the reviews, uh, the messages. Like some people I I genuinely value their opinion of actually all opinion people obviously but some people i'm like oh shit you listen to this every time man i gotta up my game so all y'all it really means the world to me so i really appreciate it i very much uh thank you <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of words at this point but we're an hour in i just really thank you thank you so much for your time we'll keep it going email me fans at jeffbosley.com for suggestions uh questions anything. This is your show. You're the, you're the boss. I am the employee at the end of the day. And, uh, this is for you. So I thank you for your time. And until next week, please go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios. (laughs) 